All right, what is up, guys? Thursday, August the 25th, 2022. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. Appreciate you all tuning in. We got a packed show, a lot to get into. A very busy morning already, a very busy day to this point. And again, I hope you guys are all doing well. Let's see, I see Chase Floyd, Gad864, Cody Gaskins, Travis Allen, John Edward, Travi, uh, Todd Smith, Stephanie Lee, Brian Mobley. What's going on, guys? Also in the Big Cock Club Discord. Head over to the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel, to be sure that your questions are answered there. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Very excited to chat with you all here today. I'm excited, too, because I feel like we finally, like the camera, I feel like this is the best the camera has looked thus far. Uh, I finally, I kind of moved the setup a little bit closer, more kind of a full frontal view, if you will, for you guys. Obviously, it's something we'll continue to play with. But I feel like this is the best the camera has looked in regards to overall picture quality. If that changes, hey, we'll roll with the punches. But uh, you guys, let me know what you think. Either way. Hey, you see we're rocking the merch, of course. Very exciting. Very exciting day. Austin Greaseman, yes. No weird zooming and focusing. Yeah. Yeah, yesterday that was my fault. I was playing around with the camera uh, yes, and I'm going to do my best not to bump the desk that the laptop is sitting on because the camera is sitting on top of the laptop. So I'm going to do my best, Gad. If, if I bump it, I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. I'm working on possibly – I've got a stand, possibly having uh, having the camera on a stand, but I think we should be good as long as I'm not an idiot and don't boop, don't bump the desk. We should be all right. Guys, before we get going, of course, as always, the Daily Crow brought to you by our friends – over at Carolina Ale House. And, of course, guys, today's very exciting because the TSUS tour continues from Carolina Ale House tonight at Woodruff Road in Greenville, South Carolina. Yes, our second stop in Greenville. Guys, all my Greenville Gamecocks, I'm calling all of you. Hey, if you came out downtown, great. Come back out again. And if you missed the first one, of course, you got to make it to this one. Really excited, though, man. I always feel the love up here in Greenville. Always feel the love for my upstate Gamecocks. Really looking forward to it. Guys, I'll be getting there around 5 o'clock or so. Uh, everything gets going at 6. And one of the reasons I'm going to get there at 5, obviously, number one is to set up. But number two, Shane Beamer's call-in show is tonight from 6 to 7. So I'm going to have my speaker out there. I'm going to have the Bluetooth on because, obviously, I want to tune into it, right? So I'll have that on. We can all tune in. Uh, we can take that in, conversate, what have you. Of course, it'll be a great night, guys, for fellowship. I'll have... Uh, koozies. I'll have towels. Going to be a really, really good time. Really looking forward to it, guys. Again, we have now, by the way, hit single digits. Single digits for South Carolina football. Isn't that crazy? We've hit single digits until kickoff. Hey, college football's this weekend. There's high school ball on TV tonight if you need your fix. <sighs> Incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. Chase, all good, my guy. Hey, Chase, all good. I know you came to the first one. All good. You said plan on coming up. Something came up. All good. All good. Garrett H., how can we listen to his call-in show? Great question, Garrett. The way that I tune in, uh, there is a Gamecock app, and if you download that, you can tune into the call-in show. If you download that, you can tune into the call-in show. That's how I'll have it on. Uh, that's how, how I will have it on. I will cut on the app and just, like I said, get my Bluetooth speaker out, and we'll go from there. Um, but, yeah, if you want to tune in, I would say that's the best way to do so, do so if you're not in Columbia and can't listen to 107.5 the game. Uh, Todd Smith, the Sandstorm was brewing. Let's see. Stephanie Lee again, what's going on? Rebecca is in the chat. Rebecca, what's up? Um, 
Travis Lee. Are we really about to name this damn rooster Cock Commander? Yeah, guys, in case you've missed it, um, this, this mascot thing, it's not going away. Quite the opposite. It is taking social media by storm. It's taking social media by storm. Uh, what will South Carolina name the mascot? Because the old owners, they are not budging on Sir Big Spur. And you know what? I don't care what you think the name should be. I don't care what you think about this entire situation. The thing I think we should all be able to agree on, the old owners are fucking assholes for keeping that name from Carolina. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't care how you feel about what the new owners are doing. Bro, like the fact the two sides just can't come together saying kumbaya, put the put the, the, the best interest of USC before yourself. Like, now you've created this embarrassing situation. I mean, this is such a South Carolina thing, guys, it hurts. Shit like this makes me believe the chicken curse is real. Like, because who else is dealing with shit like this? Who, who else is dealing with stuff like this? We're talking about, you think we can win the SEC? You think we can win a national title? We can't even name the mascot. How on God's green earth are we going to name or win a national title, win an SEC title? We can't even name the mascot. We can't do the smallest thing. It's not that hard. It is not that hard. So I don't give a damn if you think the new owners are at fault, the old owners are at fault. You know what? In this situation, everybody sucks. Everybody sucks. Everybody sucks. Because guess what? Now you're making USC look bad. Congratulations. Congratulations. Both sides. You're making USC look bad. So, Cot Commander. That's a stupid name. Cot Commanders. Every name I've seen has been dumb. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. Like, like I'd almost just rather call it like the rooster. It, it, it's, it's the live mascot, the rooster. Don't call it something stupid. Darius Clucker? Cluck Norris? Bro, get out of here. I don't want to be a fan of a team that has a mascot named Darius Clucker. I don't want to pull for that team. Like, we should not have to... Have Gamecock fans not put up with enough? Have they not? I mean, how much more? How much more can South Carolina put Gamecock fans through with this bullshit? How much more can we take? It's insane. It's just insane, dude. And listen, I know Van and Beth. I've met Van and Beth. Great people, right? Again, I'm not, however you feel about what they're doing, what the old owners are doing, it's your own opinion. I just really don't give a damn what you think. I'll be totally honest with you. All I know is we look stupid now. We look stupid. We look stupid. It's just the little things. It is the little things. It's the little things. You can't even get your mascot's name down. You got this deal. This one. You know, shame, again, love Van and love Beth, but I'll say all parties, shame on them all. Shame on everybody in this situation. Shame on everybody. Shame on the old owners for being stubborn dickheads. Shame on all parties involved. Shame on them. Just shame on them. I, because now it's an embarrassment. It's a national thing. And 
there's no turning back now. There's no turning back. So, I mean, it's it, it, like this is not what we should be talking about nine days until kickoff. This is not. This is not what we should be talking about. I don't know. It, it, it has to do, Shane, with the, with, the, with the comb on the top of their head. Basically, if you leave the comb, right, it's not technically a fighting Gamecock. So when they fight Gamecocks, they cut that off, right? They cut that off. Well, Van and Beth don't want to cut it off because it cools the rooster off, I think. I think that's correct. It cools the rooster off, which makes sense because it's a 1,000 degrees in Columbia. Like, who gives a damn if they want to keep it on? Ain't nobody even going to notice. Nobody would have even noticed had these people not made a big deal out of it. It's just... It's absurd, dude. It is absurd. Like, again, how much can Gamecock fans take? Darius Clucker. People are literally, are literally putting the name Darius Clucker. Like, I may need a day off from social media. I, I might need, you know what? It's it's like Gamecock athletics and the Gamecocks as a whole, it, it's just like being in a toxic relationship. You know, you get to a point, it's like, babe, I need a day off. Not a hall pass. I just need a day off. I need a day to not talk to you, right? To be at peace and clear my mind. If we name the mascot Darius Clucker, you guys might not hear from me for 24 hours. You know what? I just need a day off. I, I need to get away because I'm, I'm going to say something I shouldn't. I, I, I just, I, you, this, this team and this university has abused me to a point where I need a day off. <laughs> I need some time off. And that'll probably last, that mindset for me will probably last like I'd give it probably 15 minutes tops. And then I'd be like, I'm about to raise hell because that's all I know how to do. So Darius Clucker. Like Gamecock fans have not been shit on enough. (laughs) I mean, how much more? Hey, even someone as, as loyal as Luke RJ might have second thoughts if you name the damn mascot Darius Clucker. That's all I'm saying. God, what a time. Just, dude, all I know is this. Thank God. Thank God kickoffs in nine days, so we won't talk about this anymore. John, hey, John, I agree. I agree. Just name it the Gamecock. That's it. Just name it the Gamecock. Like, don't give it a name. Don't give it a name. Just name it the Gamecock. Bro, Darius Clucker is getting hype on social media, believe it or not. Let's see. Questions are rolling in. Uh, Big Cock Club Discord, folks, you got questions as well. Craig Phillips says, camera looks great. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. We've been working on it. Uh, He says, has anyone seen there's a Gamecock scratch-off ticket now in the South Carolina lottery? I did see that. Zach Zach says, Clucker Lang. He also mentions also joking, by the way. I I, I know you are. (laughs) 
my guy Bad Brad in the uh, in the Discord. I don't know if he's tuned in the show, but again, the Gamecock. Just call it the Gamecock. There's no, there's no. Hey, I'm mean, gonna think about LSU though. Like, why did they name their mascot Mike the Tiger? Mike. They named it Mike. I, I, maybe I'm sure there's some story behind that. So I probably sound like a clueless douche for saying that, but like, just name it the Gamecock and keep it moving, bro. Don't name it Derek. Don't, that's a joke. Anyways, anyways, um, let's get into some ball. How about that? En- enough with the mascot. Uh, Chris says, who do you think will be the most improved player this year, both sides of the football? Uh, offensively, most improved player. Most improved player. I will go... Hmm. That's a tough one. Marshawn Lloyd. Marshawn's going to pan out, have a big year? Yeah. Most improved, yes. Marshawn Lloyd. Defensively, most improved. Mm. R.J. Roderick. I don't don't know. R.J. Roderick. We'll go R.J. Roderick. I was going to say Darius Rush, but he had a pretty solid year last year, right? Had a pretty solid year. DGD says Mother Clucker. Got tons of questions rolling today. Um, <clears throat> okay, so there's no secrets in Gamecock Nation. I see all the comments, and obviously I tease something on social media. Again, everything I'm about to say, and we got J.C. Sherbert on, by the way, at 115. I'm going to ask him, right? I'm going to ask him, right? Everything I'm about to say is not confirmed. It's just rumor. It's just rumor. So I, I don't I don't want people, I know some people are gonna cling, they're gonna clip the five second thing I'm about to say and say this is this is fact. Hey, a lot of smoke, a lot of smoke. <clears throat> There's a lot of smoke this time of year, though. But it is sounding like yes, there are some rumored injuries. Guys, we've already known this. I don't think Kai Kroger plays week one. I'd be shocked if Christian Beale Smith played. Like, I don't even know why you'd play him, right? Like you have other guys. Beal Smith's nursing some sort of injury. Why push it, right? He's a veteran. He can come back whenever. Uh, The big one, it's sounding like Corey Rucker, receiver. You know, he sat out that first scrimmage. It sounds like he might not be ready to go for, at minimum, the first couple of games of this season due to a foot injury. Again, this is all rumor. There is nothing confirmed. I would be surprised if Shane Beaver did not speak on this tonight because – He's on social media. He sees people talking. He understands there's banter going on, and I think he'd rather nip it in the bud than let it fester and carry on. Um, Many of you have asked me about Jordan Birch. Guys, I've heard nothing on Jordan Birch, right? I've heard nothing on Jordan Birch. Granted, I'm not an insider, but I've heard nothing. I'll ask. We're going to ask JC. JC, flat out, have you heard anything on Jordan Birch? I've heard nothing on Jordan Birch. So I don't know if that's just rumor I know he sat out the first scrimmage, but he said like he said like three days ago he was fine. I mean, literally he said like three days ago he's like I'm I'm good. Had a strain, I'm fine. Or actually maybe that was after the first scrimmage. I don't know if he's taught this week, but we don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the status on Jordan Birch. That's all I got for you. That's all I got for you. Cam Johnson says practice is a little too physical. Maybe I I don't think Cam that's the case. I don't think so. I don't think so. 
I, dude, we did well with injuries last year, Cam. We, we did well. I thought Luke Day and company and Beamer, they all did a great job of keeping our team healthy. At some point, injuries are just dumb luck, my friend. At some point, it's just dumb luck, right? That's what it comes down to. Uh, Michael Cox, go back to the roots and history while we're called the Gamecocks. Thomas Sumter is why, why. So just call him Thomas. It's simple and has historic meaning. Okay, I mean, I could live with that. I could live with that. Rebecca says, name the rooster Robbie Davis. Love that. And we'll name, we'll change Cocky's name to Rebecca. We'll just, we'll just have Robbie and Rebecca just on the sidelines. Let's do that. Why not? Love that. Name the rooster Robbie Davis. Love it. Love it. Will Corb. Why not just name it William or Bryce? Less is more. Okay. Fair enough. Hunter Johnson, name the chicken Howard's cock. Very good. Very good, my friend. Ass-kicking chicken, they, they would never name it that for the kids, but I do like that. I do like that. Keith Malsberger, Rowdy the Rooster. Hey, how about the Rowdy Rooster? But people, it's not a rooster, it's a Gamecock. I was like, oh my God, okay, bro. All right. All right. Anyways, guys, we are taking, hey, phone lines are open, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Let's see. Austin Greaseman says, Willie B. I, I-, I like those a lot more than a cop commander. Cock Commander, bro. Like this, ha- there, this, the people at the state who have now made this a national story. Those have to be Clemson people, right? Because there's no Gamecock fan with half a brain that would think naming the mascot Cock Commander would be a good idea, right? I, like who, who would who would think that's a good idea? Cock Commander, bro. I, guys, again, I bleed garnet and black. I will never not bleed garnet and black. I'll forever be a Gamecock. There's some shit that happens with Carolina, though, that just blows my mind. Some of the shit just, it just blows my mind, man. It blows my mind. Truly. Truly, it does. Anyways, let's talk ball, bro. <laughs> let's, let's talk ball. Let's talk ball. Um, Chris Binge says the O-line going to get it done this year. All right, we'll jump to the phone. Call lines. from Dave Garrett. Dave, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing fine. Hope you are, too. Thank you. Um, good luck tonight. Thank you. Um, real quick, um, with, with the subject going on of the, the LED light video getting leaked out, um, it may be a blessing that it was. Um, I, I hadn't thought about it, and I don't know if anybody else thought about it, but a friend of mine called me that loves going to Carolina games, but he's not going to the home opener because he's worried 
he's prone to epileptic seizures and he's worried about the LED lights till he can kind of get more information about it. I don't know how many fans that we have that are affected by that. Um, I know we had to put a disclaimer on several concerts that we did um, right. regarding the light. But um, anyway, I just wanted to pass that along because, mm -hmm. like I said, I didn't think about it. And I don't know how much it affects, you know, how many fans or have somebody with them that that could be a possibility or, or if they need to get more info on it. Yeah. Appreciate what you do, brother. And I'll, I'll see you next Saturday. Yeah, man. Looking forward to it. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for the call. Hey, great. And that's a great point. Like, I, I – uh... Chris Ben says, my wife has the same issues we're going. She wears sunglasses the night games. That is a great point. That is a great point. I, you know, epileptic seizures and everything. I'm, I'm certainly not going to sit here and pretend like I, I know a whole lot about that. Um, are they going to put some disclaimer out there or something? Because, I, I mean, that does affect people, obviously, and those lights are not going to be – it's not going to play well for that type of thing. You know, I, I just, I wonder, like, I mean, they, they had to have a game plan for that, right? They had to have a game plan for that. So I would assume, granted, we're talking about a school that also can't name its own mascot. <laughs> I would assume they've got a game plan in mind. Kaki Tuan, what's up, man? Appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Let's see. Joseph, what do you think about apparently being a monsoon next Saturday? Yeah, that's, that's the really early report, Joseph, from that storm or whatever. Um, we'll be there, rain or shine, my friend. Uh, just whatever. It is what it is. You play ball either way. And, uh, you know, we'll probably see a little more ground and pound than we were expecting. But, you know, you, you play ball either way and you just find a just find a way to come out of it 1-0, man. I mean, it's your season opener. You know, we all want to see this team clicking and we're all excited. But, like, just get to 1-0. Get to Fayetteville 1-0. That's it. That's the goal. Um how it affects the game, again, if you got to be more on the ground because the, the football is slippery or whatever, then so be it. I'm sure that's something that Beamer will have this team ready for. They'll practice with a wet football, I'm sure. You know, they're not just going to go into it completely unaware of what the <clears throat> of what the, uh, the elements might be. And then again, guys, as, as far as for us, I mean, as long as it's not lightning or anything, like, we're, we're game. We're golden. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. We're at the tailgate. Who gives a damn? Let's go. So, it is what it is. Uh, John Edward, apparently there's a storm out in the ocean, whatever, like a – like a, is it a hurricane? I, I haven't checked the weather. We need my guy Mitch in here. Where is Mitch Weather at? He, he's, he's the weather guy. He's the weather guy. Ty Adams says, what are your thoughts on Sir Slapcock? Yeah. We'll just – hey, just call the rooster Slapdick. Just call it Slapdick. That's it. Just call the, the mascot, call it Slapdick. That's it. Sir Slapdick. <laughs> oh, God. Call him Sir Slapdick. Why not? See, Craig Phillips says, just take out Sir and put in Mr. Instead of Sir Big Spur, Mr. Big Spur. I don't think, Craig, you can just do that. Like, I, I don't think you can, like, when they say you can't use the name, you probably can't use, like, most of the, like, you can't just say, just change one word. You know what I mean? I'd have to. I mean, maybe, but I'd, I'd have to imagine. I don't know. I think Sir Slapdick sounds really good. Or just call him Slapdick. That's it.
Anyways, 843-790-337-7. Kim Strong with a good point. Weather Channel can't predict a four-hour thunderstorm. It's 20 minutes away. That is a very good point, Kim. So trying to predict the weather right now, this time next week, will be much more efficient. Now, nobody knows. The weather people don't know. They get paid to lie. They get paid to lie. No, 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 hey, like I said, no offense to my guy Mitch. Storm Chaser, Storm Chaser, the man, legend. Weather people are wrong most of the time. So, <clears throat> some of y'all are just ruthless in the comments. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Brian. Brian, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, Chris, I, was, I, was, I got the notion to check the weather while you was talking about it. I've seen the weather forecast for Columbia. It's got 35% chance of rain and scattered, scattered storms. How, what, what was the percentage I mean, again? I mean, 35%. I, I, got, I got the live five weather app from where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And I, put, I put in Columbia, South Carolina. It's got 35% chance of rain next Saturday. Okay. Okay, fair enough. All right. Well, well, like I said, man, ra- rain or shine, we'll do it. So, yeah, but they they got two systems out there. I see what they're talking about, but none of them near us. Yeah, I dude, I just my buddy Brad Crawford's the one that put it out there, my guy. Hey, he he uh, he and he and Mitch the weatherman were were talking about it on Twitter. So I think that's where it's coming from. I dude, I don't know. I mean, it's there's game. The game ain't for hey, nine man, days. I love the show, man. Yeah. I love the show, man. Keep crowing. And um, Cock Commander sounds like a bad porn. <laughs> it does. It really does. Yep. Yep. Hi, right, buddy. Yeah. Later, man. Brian, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. And, and so I'll tell you this. Some of the uh, some of the names, some of the names that you're seeing out there, don't Google them unless you want to have an interesting day. Let's put it that way. I, I don't know if Googling Cock Commander Don't Google Cock Commander. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't Google Cock Commander. That's all I'm telling you, because I just did, and I wish I didn't. Uh, anyways, 840. <laughs> oh, let's go the phone lines here. Call from Taylor. Taylor, what's up, man? How are you? What's up, man? Just, uh, just I just wanted out. to ask you... Um, yeah, I'm just hanging out, man, just in middle class here. Um, I was wondering, what do you think? Do we have a better shot at beating Georgia than Arkansas? Because what I'm hearing is Georgia's losing a lot on that back defense. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I know we got to take care of business next Saturday. But I feel like those are two really big games for the Gamecocks, and I'm just kind of interested to hear what your take is on which one we could win better. Yeah, so, I mean, we obviously talked about this with Brad Crawford, and Brad has gone on record and said that he feels like South Carolina has a better chance to beat Georgia than Arkansas. And, and listen, I, I understand Georgia lost a lot, right? They lost a ton on that defense. I, I don't agree. I I still think Arkansas is a more winnable game. I, I just think Georgia – I'm not saying – I'm not saying it's impossible, right, for the Gamecocks to pull the upset at home. Things might line up. And, again, maybe – Maybe Georgia, you know, <clears throat> a team that week one you could argue really isn't going to be tested uh, against Oregon. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Could be a better game than some are expecting, but it's a 17-point spread. 
But Georgia loses a lot defensively. Is Bo Nix and Oregon really going to test them? Not sure. Then they got Sanford week two. Then they come to Willie B. So maybe, you know, Marcus Satterfield, Spencer Rattler, if you're playing with some confidence then, give them their stiffest test yet. Maybe the matchups work out well in your favor. I tend to still think, though, Arkansas is a much more winnable game. I think South kind of I don't, – I don't love the matchup. But here's the thing. I don't love the matchup with Arkansas. I hate the matchup with Georgia. Like, because Georgia is just yeah. going to do more of what Arkansas is going to do, which is smash you in the mouth and run the football. And I just, I just don't, until proven otherwise, you know, we're talking defensive line on the podcast tomorrow. And I, I'm excited for the guys. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of hype. But – it's still a group that couldn't stop the run last year. And your O-line couldn't block. And you're facing some really good offensive and defensive lines in week two and three, especially Georgia. So, you know, I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, Georgia's impossible. But, no, I, I don't look at I, – I understand where Brad's coming from in a sense of we've just been abysmal on the road. So, you know, you get Georgia at home. and well, but, I, but I still just – I think people – Man, I mean, I think Arkansas is going to be a good team this year. But to say that South Carolina's got a, you know, a better chance to beat Georgia than Arkansas, that, that I just – I can't really wrap my brain around that. That's a stretch, yeah. I mean, I think Arkansas even has a chance to win the West. I mean, they're that – they're that there's potential, you know. Right. I mean, they, you know, I, I think it's we'll – I think it's definitely I – mean, I've got Bama winning the national title. So, I, I think it's <clears> – Bama or a bust. But, you know, Brad's got them going 10-2. and two. He's got Arkansas going 10-2. and two. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they're primed for a good year, and they've got K.J. Jefferson, who, you know, we, we obviously, as Gamecock fans, we know that our team has a, has a fantastic, you know, just, just glowing record against dual-threat quarterbacks like that. So, um, sure, that won't be a problem. But, uh, I mean, again, I, I get what he's saying, the home versus road type deal and all that, but, nah, I, I'd still say Arkansas is a, is a more winnable game than that game against Georgia, just my opinion. Again, it, it's, you know, it, it's uh, – I get where he's coming from. I, I, I say Arkansas is more winnable. And lastly, why are they trying to change the name exactly of uh, Serbicksburg? I just kind of so the condensed version, and, and I'll give you sort of the the high level overview. Basically, the old handlers, right, of Serbicksburg, they mm-hmm. they owned that name. They were leasing the name to USC. The way they handled the rooster, if I'm understanding it correctly, the gamecock, excuse me, the animal has what's called a comb on top of its head, which is just like a flap, I think. I don't know. Either way, they would cut that off of the animal because that's what you do when you fight gamecocks. Like when, in cockfighting, you cut that mm-hmm. off. I think it's because if it gets like if it gets damaged in the fight, they can bleed out to death or, or something. I, I don't know. Whatever. Either way, they did something to the animal. That the new owners, Van and Beth, which I will not have any Van and Beth slander on this show. The new owners don't want to do that because keeping the comb on, it actually keeps the rooster cool. It's like a cooling mechanism. They don't want to keep, they don't want to cut it off, right? Because we're not fighting a Gamecock. Mm -hmm. So that pisses off the old owners. So basically the way the new owners are handling the animal, the old owners do not like, do not approve. So what they're saying is, well, if you don't want to handle the animal the way we want you to handle it, we're not going to let you use the name. So that's where we sit. Neither side wants to budge, uh-huh. and so now we're talking about stupid shit like Cock Commander and Darius Clucker. That's where we are. It's like <laughs> two, two it's like two middle school girls having a cat fight. That's what we got going on right now. So, 
Thanks, Chris. I appreciate all you do. Yeah, man. Taylor, you're the man. Appreciate you. Great stuff. Great call. I mean, listen, that's that's as good as I can explain it. I, I don't know how else to explain it. If I'm wrong, somebody let me know. If I'm off base, dude, you know what I you know what I should do? You know what would be a power move, by the way? I need to get Van on the show, Van and Beth on the show. Let's talk. What's going on? What's up with the mascot? Get him to call in the TDC. I might have to text him. Like, just straight, like, hey, come on. Like, we'll just make an all-out war out of it. Why not? Oh, anyways, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Craig Phillips. Yeah, I should just start trademarking, like, every name. Just, so, like, they have to hit me up. Like, nope, I've already trademarked Commander Cock. No, nah, it's, Craig, it, it, it takes, like, six months or six to eight months for a trademark to, like, be, like, finalized. So, that's, it wouldn't even be worth it. Wouldn't even be worth it. Anyways, that's, that's again, what I just told Taylor, that's as, that's as well as I can explain everything going on. That's as well as I can explain it. So, again, guys, we're taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. Of course, the topic of conversation revolving around this, this mascot thing, of course. Of course it is. Because of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. Rebecca, are they changing? Are they changing Cocky's name? No, no, they're not. No. Like I said, just just name it. Just name it, uh, Rebecca. Just name it, Rebecca. Anyways, Austin Greisman says, I'll call it now. Georgia will lose a game they aren't supposed to this season. See my reasoning above. He says that, uh, what, is, what is it? They've got talent. They're a new team. 10-2, and two, maybe only Bama has shown they can win a national title, go undefeated again. I, I just don't know who's going to beat Georgia. Is it Kentucky? Is it Tennessee? Is it us? Outside of that, I don't know even who has a chance. And the thing about this, they got Tennessee at home. It's their toughest game. Got Tennessee at home. Rebecca says, name it Chris Phillips. Jimmy Mendio, you enjoyed the show last night. If Marshawn keeps playing video games, Juju's going to be RB1. <laughs> what J- Jimmy said, Jimmy said, no fun, zero fun. You should be working. You should be on the practice field. No fun. That's Jimmy as a coach. I, that's, that's what, I think that's what Jim. I love that when fans, when, when not even just college, but like pro, you're like, you should be in the playbook. You should be on the practice field. It's like, bro, they have lives. Call from Phil Harris. Here we go. Phil, what's up, man? How are you? Pretty good, my brother. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing about as well as somebody can for a school that's about to name their mascot Darius Clucker. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Um, I was wondering. I hadn't been able to listen to the show today in actually quite a, quite a while. Um, you know, I'll pop in every once in a while, but mm. I was going to ask if people been talking about it like have you discussed the origins of the issues and stuff like that yeah i, I just did a uh, high level overview but you okay. know just in regards to why this has even become a thing yes it's a bit embarrassing if you think about it that these folks originally because uh, they actually wrote a book i read the book um a couple years back they they wrote about the original owners i'm talking about mm-hmm. um their journey and in, in getting the gamecock and, and caring for them and stuff like that and how they didn't get really any university support and i guess they got you know a bit older and stuff like that so that's why they sold off the um the licensing or whatever they've done 
uh, for the new owners uh, to have the live mascot. But what's kind of frustrating is the University of South Carolina, you know, didn't have the initiative when they should have a long, long time ago to bring this in, whether it be to buy out their original owners or even prior to that, have a live mascot on the sidelines that is um, cared for by, I don't know, students, biology students, you know, I don't know. I don't think we have a veterinary school at the University of South Carolina. I could be mistaken. I didn't pay attention much to those particular areas at the university when I was there. But, you know, if we have veterinary students, why the hell wouldn't that be a part of, you know, some of the seniors' curriculum? And it could just be passed down as a tradition over and over again throughout the years that you care for the Gamecock and stuff like that. So that's a huge missed opportunity to begin with, which has created this fiasco. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's one more black eye for the university, unfortunately. Um, we should have never had that gone through this process. Phil, we're, we're, you're, you're running out of eyes, my guy. <laughs> you're, you're running out of no, eyes no to be blackened, my guy. <laughs> God. Yeah, no kidding. Jesus no kidding. Christ. That, hey, that, that diploma from USC takes a shot every day, doesn't it? That, that thing's running out of paper. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I wanted to talk real quick about something I am proud of uh, as an alumnus of the University of South Carolina is the men's rugby program. I'm not sure if you guys saw the videos recently. If you haven't, make sure you're subscribed to the Gamecock uh, Gamecock Rugby YouTube page on YouTube there. Um, All of the players for the men's team went out to Fort Jackson, Jackson, I think, over the weekend previously and were able to do some uh, basic training courses there you know, uh, some obstacle courses. So that's pretty cool. Uh, great team bonding prior to the 15th season that starts in the fall. You know, we, we've got 20 new kids that came out, uh, some really promising players. So really excited for uh, for them. You know, obviously everybody's focused on football, which I understand, but uh, these club sports are really making USC proud for sure. And um, another reason to really appreciate being a Gamecock is, is some of these great uh, uh, club sports teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, for sure. You love to see it, man. Love to see Gamecocks doing well, uh, no matter what the sport is, right? No matter what the sport is. And obviously seeing what uh, Coach John Roberts is doing with with uh, with you guys is incredible, man. So we all celebrate in that success. But, uh, yeah. So. I appreciate the support for sure always yeah, with, uh, with you um, bringing exposure to the club sports. But um, I guess that's all I got for you. Um, any suggestions on your part about what the Gamecocks should be called? I said call it Sir Slapdick. <laughs> that's pretty good no pretty I, good. I i just on a serious note if we can't come up with a you know i i just i can tell you this i don't want to name it cock commander darius clucker or yeah. cluck norris just call it the gamecock yeah. and just keep it moving like i i just why does it need some stupid name like like if if, right. if you can't name it sir big spur which i'll be honest with you my guy like if 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 Sir Big Spur never existed, like that name, and we were just starting from scratch today and said, okay, what's the name? I don't even know if I'd, like, love Sir Big Spur. I'd be like, Sir Big Spur's catchy. I'm not, like, in love with it, but it's catchy enough. Like, right. just call it the Gamecock and keep it moving. It's a, it's an animal. Like, we don't have to name it. Originally, I think it was called Cockadoodle Lou for Lou Holt the head coach of football at the time, and then they changed the name to uh, Sir Big Spur. So yeah, that's a little that piece sense. of history I believe I read from the book. But um, I, I said, hey, I said, co- I said cock-a-doodle dude before, and everybody hated that. So. 
Yeah, everybody, <laughs> whatever name is chosen, some people are just going to oh, hate yeah, it, dude. right? Yes, it's, it's, yes, it's yeah. an unfortunate situation. I do have a suggestion before, and then I'll, uh, I'll jump off the line here. What I call my own cock is bruiser, so I think that's what we should go with. Cock-a-doodle-doo and go Gamecock. That was foul, Phil. <laughs> that was foul. That was foul, but, but, but epic. That was foul, but epic. I will give you credit. Thank you so much, Phil. All Appreciate right, you. Boy. We'll talk soon. God. God. We got to go to a break. I don't know what to say after that. Uh, 843-790-3377. Guys, more of your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls as well. 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. Let's jump to our text line really quick because we do have a text, if I can get there. Let's see. How do you think Coach Satterfield handles all the talent on offense? I have to think with Rattler and our depth of receiver and tight end, we sling the ball around, but I'm also pulling for Marshawn Judy to have a big year. How do you think Sat approaches the season? And if this comes from KD from Rock Hill. Yeah, guys, don't forget, you can text the number 843-790-3377. So how does Satterfield handle the offense? Great question. I mean, obviously, I think they want to be as balanced as possible, right? I think as close to 50-50 as you can get, that's where they want to land. I tend to think we're going to throw the football more. I mean, Satterfield literally sat there and said, we did not bring Rattler in to hand the ball off. So, you know what I mean? I, I, I got to think they're going to throw the football. I think a lot of it will depend on the matchup, the team you're playing. Uh, you do have, you, do have um, you know, some very, very capable options at running back. But uh, I, I think we'll be 60-40 pass to run. I think 60-40 pass to run. Uh, that, that's if I had to guess <clears throat> when we when we see it at the end of the year, but uh, I, certainly I think they're going to want to run the football. But I, I think that we will pass more than we throw it. Joseph says Chris Cock Commander is really going to win this. I just, I mean, I, I, listen, I'm I'm not going to beat a dead horse, guys. If they name it Cock Commander, I will I will give you all one of my famous rants, and then I will go from there. Or I will just keep it moving, and we won't talk about the name ever again. Because I'm just, I'm just not going to keep bringing it up and, and reopening the wound, you know, that, that I will have from naming the mascot Cock Commander. Like I said, don't Google Cock Commander unless you want to have a very fun Thursday. Uh, Rebecca says in the Facebook chat, someone said, Sir Slap Nuts. Rebecca, fantastic comment as always. Uh, let's see. Chris, appreciate you tuning in, my guy. Thank you. Again, guys, 843-790-3377. Joseph, good point. Good point. How many, just ignore it. How many times do people talk about Sir Big Spur? Indeed. I mean, this is just, this is becoming a thing that it shouldn't even really been a thing. I don't know. Uh, Either way, guys, in case you missed it, in case... How about this? Diego, a California sea lion at Georgia Aquarium, predicts Georgia Tech upsets Clemson this year at the 2022 Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Okay. All right. So a sea lion has picked uh, Tech to win. 
just in case. Uh, trust the sea lion. Are we trusting the sea lion now? Sea lion's never been wrong. Trust the sea lion. I don't know. A sea lion apparently thinks Georgia Tech will beat Clemson. I'm game. Why not? Let's roll with it. Uh, again, guys, yes, or yeah, yesterday's podcast, we talked special teams. Tomorrow's show on the podcast, we will continue to break down uh, our position unit preview series. We'll talk the Gamecocks defensive line, which will be a fun show, right? It'll be a very, very fun show because this is a group I think my uh, – I don't know. I think, folks, I, I've just seen you – know, I've run a poll, what would you grade the D-line – and I've seen a lot of differing answers here. I, I think there's some folks that are a little bit higher than I thought they'd be. Some folks are a little bit lower than I thought they'd be, right? But, uh, you know, I, I think you guys will find my takes on the D-line to be very interesting. And Again, that'll be in tomorrow's podcast. But, of course, yesterday's show talking uh, special teams. And I tell you what, it doesn't get the attention. It doesn't get the love necessarily. But uh, you think Beamer Ball, you think special teams. And... Again, I, I talked about this yesterday, but I would argue, I mean, is, is there another team in college football that is replacing an all-time points leader for the second consecutive time when it comes to their starting kick? I mean, that's the shoes that a guy like Mitch Jeter, who I think is probably going to be the starter, he will have to fill. The big thing is this. I don't think he has to be a points record setter for USC to have a successful year, that type of career to have a successful career. But the Gamecocks need a consistent week-in, week-out kind of guy because you don't really notice the kicker until you don't have a good one, right? Until you don't have a good one. We noticed the kicker in 2016, or excuse me, 2017, when Parker White couldn't make anything, right? When he had that rough start to his career. For a team that I think is going to be in a lot of close football games, just keep an eye on that kicker spot. Keep an eye on how Mitch Jeter fares because uh, if it's rough early, I mean, again, I'm not going to say you're going to lose a game because of special teams, but it's just something, again, you don't really think about it until you don't have a good one or you don't have a consistent one. And we all know kickers, they're a lot like golfers. You miss one, you miss another, and all of a sudden, you're just out of it. You're in a funk mentally, and it's really hard to get that thing back on track. So I'm intrigued to see, you know, again, is it Mitch Jeter? Is it Alex Herrera? Does somebody else step up? Is it Jack Luckhurst? What have you? But whoever it is, can they provide you that consistency on a week-in, week-out basis? Somebody that you know you know is dependable, you can turn to, hey, he's going to get us that automatic three, right? So, Travi, do you think we wear white, garnet white the first game? Chris, yeah, I'd be surprised if we don't. I'd be surprised if we don't. Yep, I really would. Guys, again, J.C. Sherbert joining the show at 115. He'll jump on at 115. Uh, God, here we go. Jimmy Mendio. The O-line looked weak on last night's show, too. Couldn't convert fourth and one. Doesn't make me get the whistle. Jimmy, we're talking about practice. Let me do my best Allen Iverson impersonation. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not, not a game, Jimmy. Not a game. Practice. We're talking about a single clip from practice. Jimmy, I, I hear you, my guy, but, like, I wasn't – I wasn't even going to entertain that conversation last night with people. I wasn't going to include that in my my you know my reaction to the episode. Well, it looks like the offensive line sucks again. Like, dude, it's practice. It's literally practice. <laughs> like, listen, I saw it too. I saw the O line getting pushed around. I saw it. 
is practice. Like, I'm just not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be that guy. You imagine J.C. Sherbert comes on, I'm just raising hell about the O-line. Just raising hell. Well, what happened to, what's up with the O-line? I'm just not doing it. I'm just not doing it. Anyways, um, let's see. Let's see. Guys, 843-790-3377. The phone lines are open. Um, here's a great poll question, by the way. Our friends over at Sports Talk ran. Shane Beamer is about to embark on year two as head coach of the Gamecocks. Over the next five years, five years, which one of these goals is he most likely to achieve with this program? A national championship, SEC championship, a state championship, or none of the above? I'd probably say a state championship um, beating Clemson. I mean, heck, I've picked him to beat Clemson this year. So, you know, I mean, that, listen, that's that's a conversation that I think is geared more so for, that is geared more so for, um, the off season, but a question I think is interesting is like I, I wonder, I wonder how long, because I know fans have got a a lot of fans do. They have that amount of years in their head of by X year we need to be winning the SEC, or by X year we got to be in an SEC championship. What year is that for you? I'm just, I'm just curious. Is it like, if we're not winning the SEC championship by year five, we got to get Beamer out of here. If we're not winning it by year seven, year ten, this is not to start a debate or a, a start a, a, a conversation about, you know, Shane Beamer's job status. It, it's just, I just wonder how people think. I just wonder how people think. Right. I really, honestly, I don't have a year set. I told you guys I'm locked in for the long haul with Beamer I, for many for many reasons, for many reasons. But I knew when he was hired, we, we got to buckle in for the long haul. This guy's a, a young – this guy's a starting year zero coach. He's never coached a game. You know what I mean? So we need to give him time. This is not a five-year thing. I think it should be a decade thing. Like, roll the dice, let him go. Unless it's just apparently just so painfully obvious he's not the dude and we got to go a different direction. Let him build. Let him do his thing. Let him do his thing. Uh, let's see. We got a text. says, being that we've only been in one SEC championship game, I would say there's no expectation to get there. Okay. All right. What do y'all think? No, there's just no expectation to get there. Uh, Garrett H. Side note: He says, "Do your run your pool lines change as kickoff gets closer? Is it just one set line?" I'm actually not sure, Garrett. I would assume they change, right? Like if the line swings a whole point for games next week, like they're going to change the lines. I'd have to imagine they would. I would have to imagine they'll change the line. But I, this is my first time doing it, Garrett, so I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, Austin Griesman says if he keeps winning seasons, he'll never be fired. And he says, and I think Gamecock fans would take that happily 
never having a losing losing season again. Uh, let's see. I don't have a year either. Just stay consistent of going to good bowls. J-Rock Media says, that's ridiculous. I think talking about the texter. You can never elevate as a program if you don't elevate your expectations. Austin Greer says, I'd love to just be mediocre. If we finish 7-5 and five or 8-4 and four for the next decade, I would be happy. Well, Austin, listen, to your point, and I, I've said this, if Shane Beamer leads Gamecocks football to over the course of a decade, South Carolina averaged 8-4, and four, he's the greatest coach in school history. Like, in regards to building a consistent product at South Carolina, he's the greatest coach in school history. Nobody's been able to build a product like that. Not even Spurrier. Not even Spurrier. Now, granted, now granted, now granted, Spurrier every year, you know, six, seven, at least those first couple years. And that, that's why, like, I don't rush it with Beamer, guys. I know this isn't a typical year, too. I get that. You want to get the absolute most out of this team and the transfers you brought in. But at the same time, the point is this, guys. Like, you look back at the Spurrier era. Early on, they weren't winning big. But you know what they were doing? They were getting to bowl games, and they were playing the big boys close. They were doing enough to sell South kind of football as we're not that far off. We're not that far off, right? They were doing enough early on. That's all Shane Beamer needs to do here early. If we can go seven and five, eight and four, even if you're six and six, guys, as long as you're going to the postseason, right, these first four or five years, you can sell that to recruits. You can sell that to a Nicholas Harbor. You can sell that to big-time guys. Hey, we're just a couple pieces away from really elevating this thing to the next level. But we need you. We need you to be the guy. I think they probably do, and I, I would say I would suggest having that same exact that same exact mindset that Spurrier and company had. And, again, he was on that staff. Shane Beamer knows better than anybody. So, um. Austin Greisman says, if we average eight and four in the SEC over 10 years, we'd be 500 or better against Clemson. I mean, I don't know anybody that wouldn't take that. <laughs> I don't think anybody wouldn't take that. Um, let's see. Chuck McIntosh, am I mistaken, or do we not have four five stars on this team? We have quite a few four stars. Should we not be expecting a good season? Um, let me think. How many four? How many five stars we have? Pickens, Birch, Lloyd, and then Rattler. Rattler. That would be correct. We have a you know I, I wouldn't say the blue chip ratio of this team is anywhere near where it needs to be. It needs to be. Um, I mean, no, nobody. Listen, Chuck. Nobody's saying we don't have talent on this team. Nobody's saying we're just we're just devoid of talent. You know, we have no zero talent. Um. I I think that expecting to go eight and four is a good season, Chuck. Would you disagree? I think eight and four would be a great season. Most are picking seven and five. I don't think seven and five would be a bad season. I mean, people don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it, right? They don't want to hear it. But, guys, if you go seven and five, you play Georgia tight. You play A&M tight. Even if you play Clemson tight. You play Tennessee tight. Like, how you win and lose, that's what this season comes down to. Bro, I'd rather go seven and five and and play every game is competitive and we're giving them hell, bro. We're giving them hell. Even if you lose to Georgia by fourteen, you gave them hell for four quarters, right? You gave them hell. 
I'd rather go seven and five and that be the case than go eight and four and just get blown out the water in them other four games. Maybe I sound a bit contradictory because I said I would sign up for eight and four right now. But the point I'm making is just how you win and how you lose. It's probably a better comparison for six and six and seven and five. I'd rather go six and six and be competitive in every, in every game than seven and five and get blown out in the five losses. Like, you can't lose the way you lost to A&M last year. You can't lose the way you lost to Georgia. You can't lose the way you lost to Clemson, God. You just can't do it. You can't do it. Like, hard to sell that in recruiting. Hard to sell that. Craig Hanna says, if nothing else, the energy this year guarantees us 8-4 and four or 9-3. and three. Confidence matters. Craig, I, I hear what you're saying, and it helps. It helps. Craig, I, I would say this. Everybody else is confident right now, too. Everybody's confident right now. Hey, what Mike Tyson say? Everybody's got a game plan until they get punched in the face. And that's the, the SEC schedule. That's the punch to the face. So all that, listen, I, I, I said this last year, too. I love all the positive energy and love and above all else. Well, <laughs> That's all great and everything, but what's going to happen when the guy from Georgia whoops your ass? How are you going to respond? Like, at that point, all that positive love and positive energy. and Listen, Georgia thinks their culture is elite too, my friend. They just won a national title. Arkansas thinks their culture is elite also. Kentucky obviously thinks very highly of their culture because their coach has been talking shit about it. Tennessee thinks that Heifel's the guy and their culture is elite. Florida thinks they found the guy in Napier and their culture is elite. It just, you know, I'm not saying all that to say don't have high expectations. I'm just keeping it keeping it a buck. It's it's hard to win in the SEC. It's, it's very hard. It's very tough. At the end of the day, it just comes down to having better players than the other team and executing. That's it. Because it, it's funny, you know, coaching is obviously very important. But, you know, the, 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 coach's, the coach's job is to, to build the culture, manage the personalities, hire coordinators that can put these players in the best possible position. At the end of the day, though, guys, the game literally comes down to players making plays. That's what it comes down to. The players are the one, the ones making the plays. If you ain't got Jimmys and Joes that can go execute them X's and O's, if you ain't got guys that can go make plays, as much as I love culture, and it really doesn't matter. It really don't matter. I mean, everybody wanted to preach how great Muschamp's culture was. I, I remember a time not too long ago, guys, not too long ago, how awesome the culture was. Muschamp, people, people would say, Muschamp did everything right. The way he recruited his program, he, ran, he runs a clean program. Guys graduate. Everybody gets along. But he struggles at one thing, and that's winning. And that's all that matters. Winning's all that matters. Ain't nobody out here getting extensions and getting paid because, of, because they love each other. You got to win. You got to produce. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. And Joseph, listen, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make light of Listen, culture is extremely important. You have to have it. 
You have to have it. I'm just saying that that's just one ingredient to the recipe. That's it. That's just one ingredient to the recipe. Clint Morrison said, it's like Lou Holtz used to say when he was at William & Mary. Too many Marys and not enough Williams. I, dude, I love that. I, this, this is incredible. Too many Marys and not enough Williams. I hear you. That's funny. Now that, my friend, is funny. I don't care who you are. That's funny. Uh, let's jump to the text line. I feel that getting to 8-4 and four better consistently would be elevating this program to heights never achieved. Regardless of making it to an SEC championship or not, we have had seven win seasons before. Eight-plus win seasons have not been common. That, that is a very good point. That was a, that's a, I mean, that, that, that's the truth. Whether you like it or not, that's the truth. I mean, I don't know the exact numbers of how many eight win or more seasons or, I, you know, I think it's only been like eight, nine or more win seasons. I mean, guys, we have not won a lot. We haven't. We have it. You know, so, yeah, dude, if you were averaging, I mean, that's why, you know, the James Reynolds cat, that still don't, he still doesn't have the, he still doesn't have the gall to tune back in. He, he tuned in that one day preaching 10 and 2, 10 and 2. Not tuning back in. To say that it's a loser mentality, to say 8 and 4 over the course of a decade average would be great for this program, then you just don't know Carolina football. You just don't know the history of this program. Eight and four. You got to walk before you can run. Because once you start going eight and four, eight and four, eight and four, maybe you sprinkle a nine and three in there, eight and four. Maybe there's a seven and five, but then you're going eight and four. Once you're doing that, you're going eight and four every year. Then you say, okay, we've established ourselves as this. We're attracting a new type of recruit. Now we can try to start to elevate to the next level. Because I'm not saying have low expectations, guys. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying you got to walk before you can run. You can't just win 12. Like you got you got to take steps. You got to take steps. Anyways, I feel like you guys all know that. Either way, though, I'm pumped for the season. I mean, I'm fired up. We'll talk a lot of Georgia State, obviously, next week, guys. Uh, we've got the position at preview series tomorrow, talking D-line. Monday, we'll talk linebackers. Wednesday, we'll wrap it up, talk secondary. And also, of course, you know, by Wednesday, we're going to start looking ahead to Georgia State, talking about that, and breaking everything down. And obviously, on the Daily Crow, we'll have our full rotation of guests for next week with uh, Garcia on Monday, Alex McGrath on Tuesday. We'll have Anthony Treesh, a pro football focus on Wednesday. J.C. Sherbert, who's about to come up on Thursdays. And then my guy, Jake Crane of Crane & Company on Fridays. Here we go. Clint Morrison says, just recently started watching the show, Chris. I have to say I've really enjoyed it. I like seeing you on J.C. and Phil's podcast as well. Clint, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. It means a lot. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been incredible to go on the airwaves. I, I'm really glad we were able to make that happen. And I just, dude, I, I tell you this, the crossover, the collab, if you will, between the big spur and, and the spurs up show and JC and I, and just, you know, creating content together, going on each other's show. It, it's, it's, you know who it's a win for? It's a win for Gamecock fans. It, it's a win for people that love Gamecocks content. And, and I'm just so happy that we're able to do that. I'm just so happy. We're able to provide even more value for Gamecock fans who peruse social media. And um, I mean, that's, that's what excites me, man. That's what excites me is it's just, 
more and more and more content. Content bleeding what? Bleeding what? Out the eyeballs. Just content bleeding out the eyeballs. You love to see it. Uh, Guys, we are going to jump into a quick break, but on the other side, J.C. Sherbert of the Big Spur will join us. Guys, really excited to talk to him. I think I'm going to get J.C.'s predictions today. How about that? I'm going to try to get J.C.'s predictions, see what he's got the Gamecocks going this season, because I know he sort of teased it before. I think that was either – I think that was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago he teased it. So we'll get J.C.'s full thoughts on this season. Um, I'm not going to wait till next week because next week we're going to talk a lot of Georgia State again, talk that ball game specifically and break that down uh, and talk some other things, recruiting, these swirling injury rumors, injury rumors, all that good stuff. Guys, again, appreciate you all tuning in. We're taking more of your questions, comments, calls, and we're talking to J.C. Sherbert on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. We're taking your questions, your comments, your calls here on this Thursday, August the 25th, 2022. We are just nine days away from another Carolina kickoff. Very exciting times right now. A lot of storylines to follow. And, of course, who better to help us do so than my good friend, J.C. Sherbert, who joins us for his weekly spot. The picture of inside the Gamecocks as well. There every single day, Monday through Friday, eleven to one. And you can find that basically. I just would say everywhere you can find a live show. Uh, what's up, man? How you doing? Oh, good, man. Uh, glad uh, I happened to look at uh, your Twitter account while I was doing the show and. Uh, Gave a little shout out to the thing at uh, Carolina Ale House tonight on Woodruff Road and uh, told all the Greenville listeners to get out there and support you and the Gamecock Alumni Association there in my former hometown where my family still lives. And uh, boy, would love to be there tonight, but uh, unfortunately, I'm not there. So, uh, well, but hey, I, 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 I did, I, I did mention that it. Big time. I, I did, I did mention time. it. So I wanted to, I just wanted to tell you yeah. that when we got on here. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Thank you, thank you. Hey, first thing, let's do this. Let's change things up a little bit because obviously I got a lot of stuff in my head I want to talk about. But uh, I see you rocking the Carolina Rise hat, man. Just uh, I'll give you the floor, obviously. You're making a positive impact in the Gamecocks community with that. And I feel like we see it like every day or every other day. There's some new athlete that's signing with Carolina Rise. Just, you know, I'll give you the floor to talk about Carolina Rise, what you guys are doing with that, plans upcoming. Because, again, I know that – thus far and i apologize for not giving you the platform yet to to just to dive more into that and just the initiatives you guys are pushing moving forward oh yeah you know my head is too big and my hair is too crazy to wear a hat these days uh, so i wear i rock the visors and i you'll, you'll notice i have a visor on all the time so i just got this in the mail yesterday so that's that's why i wore today it. Uh, carolina rise is a name image and likeness collective um and, which means that we, we crowdsource uh with memberships uh, the funds, uh, you know, and they're memberships, but they're more kind of like donations. There are, are some benefits that you get. Um, and then cut NIL deals with uh, student athletes at Carolina. Uh, the reason I did it, University of South Carolina has been very good to me uh, and my brother, uh, who's my partner in it, Cam, uh, over the years. I, I have a successful business based on the Gamecocks. I have a successful streaming show based on the Gamecocks. And, uh, it's kind of something for me to give back. I don't make any any money myself off of it. You know, we and we kind of run it lean and mean with limited expenses and uh, things like that. Um, and, and so uh, kind of what's different about 
our collective versus uh, the other one. And, and I encourage everybody to join as many as you can. I don't, uh, I don't see it as sort of a competition. Um, we kind of do promotional things. Like we pay the guys uh, to go tweet or to go uh, put something on their social media uh, to help uh, our affiliated businesses, which do include uh, the show uh, and uh, the big spur.com to a certain extent, uh, but also put people like Tony Pope at state farm and, other businesses that are affiliated uh we just pay the guys to promote it and uh, it's quick and easy uh puts a, a little money in their pocket um gg jackson uh we actually were mentioned on espn.com today uh because gg jackson wow. was rated like the number 20 uh basketball player nil wise uh, overall uh, according to modern metcalf of espn.com so they mentioned carolina rise uh Baseball, obviously, there's a big opportunity because a lot of those guys, man, they're just trying to get to the full scholarship because there's only 11.7 scholarships. So glad, more than glad to help out with that. Uh, and then in football, we have several players coming up. Uh, I wanted the first one to be Mo Kaba because of that tweet he put out when he was cutting lawns this summer. <laughs> and I'm so glad that Cato's uh, power equipment came in with a big deal for him. Uh, and I'm glad we were able to give him some, you know, and, and contribute to that because anybody's going to get out there and cut the grass. I haven't cut my in-laws grass, man. And I don't, and it's not even in the South. I mean, over the summer, man, you, you get, you get to cutting that grass, man. That's hard work. So uh, total respect for Mo and was just so happy. We were able to say, Hey, that's our first football guy uh, publicly that, um, you know, we were able to announce. And I, I want, when I saw that tweet, the minute I saw that tweet, I, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And we were so happy we were able to do that. So, um, you know, you can join up for as little as 10 bucks a month. Uh, if you join what we call the 1801 club, it's $18 and a penny a month. You get a, a nice car magnet. Uh, you get, we have a weekly, a monthly drawing for prizes. We got some really cool prizes coming, including some uh, lodge seating boxes at games and some signed autographs and stuff. Uh, also, we partnered with an autograph uh, company, and they're having an event Saturday from 11 to 1 at uh, Swamp Cabbage Brewery. I think that's what it's called in Columbia. And uh, and all the wide receivers are going to be there. So if you're wondering about Corey Rucker's injury, right, go out and get get him to sign something, see if he's got that walking <laughs> boot on Saturday. And, uh, he and knew get, it get, was get coming. He, but, yeah. he knew it was coming. Yeah, so <laughs> Jaheim, uh, Jaheim will be there, Juice Wells, all those guys. So, yeah, very excited about Carolina Rise. I uh, uh, Like I said, I just I wanted to do something to use my platform uh, to give back. And this is the perfect space to do it. Uh, and I looked around at other schools and quite frankly, you know, they were a little bit ahead. So, um, I needed to, uh, I felt like there was a need, uh, not only, you know, for my own personal satisfaction, but also to, uh, you know, help Carolina compete in the space. I was going to say you are teaming up. That is correct. You are teaming up with my buddy, Donnie Cunningham, that does the mm -hmm. hustle and crow and Palmetto autographs. And yeah, so definitely going out. That's, you said that's this Saturday, right? 11. Yeah. Swamp yeah. cabbage. I think it's yeah. swamp cabbage. I don't have it in front of me. Yeah. Donnie's yeah, good. Swamp, swamp cabbage brewery. Yeah, Donnie's Donnie's good people. You know, he's yeah. a, he's a, uh, awesome. a good businessman, loves the Gamecocks, mm -hmm. cares about the players. Uh, yeah. And you know, any, anything we all can do to put, a little bit in their pocket, the, the players, the, the better it's going to be for South Carolina, the yep. better it's going to be for recruiting and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, I'm glad you shared that. And like I said, yeah, like you said, that everybody that's in Columbia, be sure to get your tickets going out to that. Again, Jaheim Bell, Juice Wells, Josh Vans, able to get Corey Rucker and Amarion Brown are all going to be there for photos, autographs, memorabilia, all that good stuff. Should be a good time. Now, like you mentioned, 
JC, there's no secrets, man, in Gamecock land. But I'm not even going to talk on field first. I'm talking about the lights and all that coming out. <laughs> that that leaked earlier this week. And, uh, you know, not only did it leak and it, maybe it was supposed to be a secret. Well, uh, it, it's not a secret anymore because I just checked the video on Twitter. Has 410,000 views, JC Sherbert. Your thoughts, though, I know you saw, obviously, the video. Oh, yeah. Uh, just thoughts on the lights overall. I mean, obviously, uh, I think it just gets us even more amped for kickoff. Yeah, yeah, it fired me up. I mean, you know, you, you kind of look at the schools that have done that with the LED lights. And, and you know, we had something in our country last year called a supply chain issue. Right. Yeah. Uh, these would have been up last year. You know, a lot of people get critical. Oh, they're slow to do things. Well, they, they couldn't help it last year. They, they would have been up. But I, I think with Sandstorm being such a big part of the game day experience, and that kind of lends itself to those uh, strobe lights and stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and just kind of what I've seen at Georgia and Alabama and, and these other places that have put those in, it, it really adds a lot. It's kind of really cool, looks neat, um, that kind of thing. So uh, I think that uh, having the night kickoff for the opening game of the season, I, I – I, I don't know for sure that South Carolina requested that that be the streaming game on ESPN Plus because every school gets one. Um, but I, I do think having that night kickoff was important to Carolina uh, to debut uh, the new lights and things of that nature. And I, I think it's going to look absolutely fantastic. Um, I don't know that it, it didn't leak by design. I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think that there's, uh, you know, just talking to people around the university, they didn't, nobody was – Oh, we're so upset it leaked. Oh, my God. You know, um, I guess the the Will Muschamp uh, opener, the opener of 2020, when, yeah, he, when he was like, game. yeah, when the Tennessee game, I, you get, know. Get out he, of your uh, seats. Get out of your yeah, seats. Yeah, threw an F-bomb out there, you know. Maybe they, maybe, maybe they were too happy about that leaking. But, that, right. but I, I don't know, you know, and it got all kinds of views and certainly uh, has a lot of people fired up. And, and a lot of folks that, that I know that are maybe on the fence about even going to the game and wouldn't bought tickets. So that's uh, – yeah. It's it's serving its purpose and uh, certainly was fired up to see it uh, on your social media uh, channels on Twitter and on Instagram. I, I think I've liked it from all my accounts today, so I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was one of those things. The second I saw it, I was like, "This is content gold, my friend." That's what we mm-hmm. like to look at. Gold. And uh, yeah, no, I, I've seen the same though. By the way, I think it's actually a great thing that it you know it leaked, like you said, because uh, I've seen people tweeting too, like, "Oh, I'm going to go to the game now." And like mm-hmm. they've been talking catch a game, catch a game. It's like, this is how you get people to go. They see this and they're like, we got to go now and see the new lights. You know, JC, it's really interesting as we sit nine days away from kickoff, how many storylines are not on the field? Because I'm about to bring something else up that has, it has nothing to do with the football team. I mean, it does, but not directly like, you know, throwing a pass or, 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 you know, catching a touchdown or what have you. This, this mascot thing. I think we talked about this last week, but now it's like a national thing, right? The state put out an article, right? They're taking polls of what the name should be. And, JC, I ask you this because I've seen, and this is coming from, like, the state newspaper, Cock Commander, Darius Clucker, Cluck Norris, JC. Gamecock fans are some of the most loyal. I'd argue the most loyal in college sports. How many more punches can they take, man? <laughs> if they name the damn mascot Cock Commander. Nah, really? you can't. If you, go, if you Googled Cock Commander and did an image search, JC, probably JC, great be. minds think alike. Because <laughs> the first hour of this show, I said, whatever you do, don't, do don't Google Cock Commander. 
Trust me. Trust me. I uh, yeah, I was like that when I saw that. It was it caught Commander. Well, I think it was trending on Twitter for yes, a while. Yes. Yes. But um, look, I, I we had David Cloninger on the show today actually, and he's been kind of all the, had, the, had the unfortunate experience of, of having to write these stories, right? Wow. And uh, he had a good idea though. He said, "Look, man, call it Sumter, like something. If you call the Brewster Sumter, you know that's kind of like other SEC live mascots where they have kind of a." a bit of a fancy name or a normal name. And, you know, Thomas Sumter was the fighting Gamecock and all that good stuff. But uh, I don't know what they're going to call it. Uh, I know that, like, the whole thing about the, the the Big Spur, the Sir Big Spur thing is like, okay, when you talk about that name Big Spur, first of all, I own a website called thebigspur.com. And after 15 years, uh, so I kind of have Big Spur and, and what I do. And then the mascot, like before there was cocky, there was this really freaky looking rooster thing. Uh, if you ever look at mascots from the 70s, it's like, if you look at anything from back then, like the 50s, like Mickey Mouse, anything like that looks just terrifying. Um, and uh, he, that was Big Spur back then. So the mascot, there's been some sort of big spur affiliated with people other than the old owners of the rooster. But I guess, I guess Sir Big Spur is copyrighted. Uh, and Eric Nichols, uh, who's uh, in the marketing department, uh, did tweet that, no, that was that, that Laming it any kind of big spur was off the table. Yeah. Um, and I said, well, I don't, I don't care what you have. You can use it all you want as far as I can. I, I care. But, uh, you know, I, so I, don't, I don't know. I, can't, I think you're trying to avoid that. But Cock Commander should definitely be off the table. I can't even... Um, I can't even like keep a straight face when I hear that. Darius, anything with cluck in it. Darius clucker, like I'm like, why? That's a did, joke. They, they don't. Yeah, chickens and hens cluck. Roosters crow, man. I just, you know, I just don't. I, you know, uh, but I don't. I don't have an answer. You know, I just, I just know I'm, I'm in the anti cock commander uh, uh, team. I'm on that team. No, I'm, I'm old temp team. No, with that one. Uh, and just about all the other ones that the state recommended. But uh, chances are, um, you know, they got a good laugh out of it when they put that list together. And it wasn't really anything any serious Gamecock fan should uh, pay attention to. Yeah, I was sitting there. I was like, is this being engineered secretly by Clemson people? Like, is that what's going on right now? <laughs> are they behind this? Are they? They're, they're responsible for this. I don't F- know. feels that way a little <laughs> bit. <but. laughs> Some of the names, like, there's no way – there's no way. Sometimes around here, though, we, we tend to want to blame Clemson fans for things that are Gamecock fans. <laughs> that are self-inflicted. Right? Yes, yes, yes. It's yeah. uh, it's funny. And it's funny how that happens I, I joke, JC, I, I, I don't know if you saw me post this on social media. I said it's things like this that make me question or make me believe that the chicken curse might actually be real. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you, I mean, I, I mean. You're just sitting there going – uh, what only us i mean us. it's it's probably one of the, the most anticipated seasons since i know at least it's 2018 probably since 2014 yeah now both of yeah. those seasons were disappointing but uh right. it, it, it's it, i know it's the best roster since 2013 right. Right. uh everybody's looking forward to the season and then you got some beef about the live Nine mascot you know, I, I, somebody even said today, like, who cares? As long as cocky doesn't go anywhere, you know, who, who, who really cares? So, um, I don't know. I, I like the live mascot. I think it's really cool, like, some of the shots they take uh, of the of the bird on game days when mm-hmm. it's being broadcast and stuff. And, you, you know, it's cool and it's good. But, uh, you know, they're just going to have to – 
it's got to come up with a name for it. And hopefully it's not cock commander because I, I don't, I don't know if I can take that, man. I just don't know if I can take it. Uh, yeah, I hear you. I, I, I'd be fine with honestly just calling it the Gamecock and just keep it moving. Yeah. If, if you can't come up with keep anything better, just keep it simple, keep it moving, all is well. Um, JC, let, let's actually move to on the field because, again, like you mentioned, it's crazy some of the things we're talking about with just nine days to go. Um, I, I'll put you on the spot a little bit. I know I mentioned this before. You, you don't have to lock in an exact. Are, where, where are you feeling on this team nine days away in regards to record? Best case, worst case, you got anything like that? I, I know that, um, you know, like what, what's, what do you feel like? Kind of, I know, I feel like seven and five is kind of where everybody's pointing to. I've picked eight and four. Your, your overall thoughts, I mean, if you want to give a ceiling floor, whatever, um, I, thoughts on the season. I think seven and five is a little conservative. Uh, I, and I understand the need to be conservative. Uh, but look, man, this team won seven games last year and didn't have Spencer Rattler or Juice Wells. Or a healthy, or I'm not gonna say healthy, a hundred percent ready to roll, Marshawn Lloyd or uh, Jaheim Bell was still finding his way. He's an inexperienced player. They didn't have Austin Stogner. Uh, Zach Pickens was very inconsistent last year. I think Alex Huntley's an upgraded D tackle. I think Mokaba's an upgraded linebacker, and he's probably going to start. Uh, Devonnie Reed can, uh, to me, can replace Jalen Foster because I think he's a good player. R.J. Broderick playing his best football. Nick Emanwari is a freak, even though he's a freshman. Cam Smith is now uh, gone from being a guy that people had questions about to an All-SEC player, probably an All-American. Uh, that's not even to mention, people don't think about this, Chris, in the bowl game where this defense shut down a very good North. Everybody talks about how bad North Carolina's defense was. North Carolina had a top-10 offense last year. Um, they needed a trick play to score a touchdown. And then a long pass, they hit the long pass, and that was basically it. Uh, Sam Allen had, what, three yards rushing in that game? Um, and people don't think about this. Cam Smith did not play. It was yeah. Darius Rush and Marcellus Dial and a little bit of Isaiah Norris out there. Uh, this shut down a very good passing attack for North Carolina. So Dial and, and Rush are going to be in, important this year, and they're a year older. Your offensive line has 139 combined starts. Uh, it doesn't get much better than that from an experience standpoint. Uh, Dylan Wanham is healthy. People don't understand, like, when you have a back injury and you're trying to play offensive line, you have to bend like you do. That has to be painful. And, and it was a little – probably a lot more serious than people thought um, from what I was told. So there's just so much positive uh, in terms of personnel that, you know, and I look around the league and everybody's got personnel and, and all that, but I, I just think, when you really take take the garnet color glasses can work two ways, right? Uh, when you kind of can just back up and look at the players, you're like, they have a chance to be really, really good. I actually am really bullish on this season. I think 2023 and 2024 may be a bit of a, I don't want to say rebuild, but they may be those building type years where, right. Hey, a bowl game's good. And you built back toward 2025. But, uh, I think this season there is a window, and and you look at the SEC, Chris, and look, I know it's everybody just kind of assumes Georgia's going to reload, and they will player-wise, but they always have players. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a historically great defense they had. Look at the NFL numbers. Look at the guys that went to the league with freaky testing, like unprecedented testing numbers and stuff like that. You don't just replace those guys because the guys come in and have five stars by their name. You know, you, you don't just replace a Jordan Davis who's 350 pounds and moves around like a ballerina. I mean, you just don't. 
Um, and I know it's trendy for, oh, Georgia's the class of everything. And I know there's different reasons. Tennessee's trendy because they'll score a billion points. But you know what? They may give up a billion points this year, too. Kentucky's trendy because I think people are tired of looking like fools for betting against Mark Stoops. But look, man, they could be 3-2 and two and 0-2 oh in the league when the game got to go to Lexington uh, this year. You know, everybody's like an Arkansas. And I'm a little – I'm getting a little bit more – fired up about Arkansas's chances than maybe I once was kind of looking at the guys I got from the portal and the guys I got coming back, KJ Jefferson's taking a step forward. That's going to be a tough one, but you know, I, I think the tendency is just to kind of say, well, the Gamecocks have to get all these good transfers in and they have to be this older team. And, you know, they have to have upgrades at positions just to get the seven wins this doesn't feel to me like if I look back at the Spurrier era, you could feel what 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 years were seven, eight win years, and you could feel what years where, hey, they could do a little better. To me, this just feels like they could do a little better. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, if it's seven and five, I'm not saying I'll be disappointed uh, because it kind of just depends largely on how that plays out. But uh, I think they could do better than seven and five. Um, I think this this team could win. Uh, a lot of games. I'll just, I'll just put it that way. Uh, you know, but the ball doesn't go their way. That doesn't bounce their way. Uh, they don't get turnovers on defense. They they commit turnovers on offense. You have injuries. All that could play a factor in the season. But right now, uh, I feel pretty doggone good about this team's projects, almost to the point, Chris, where I've been trying to downplay myself a little bit with it. Uh, and, and that's weird because I haven't uh, – I know I, I caught a lot of crap for picking 11 and 2 in 2018, but uh, there are some close games that didn't go the Gamecocks' way that year. They maybe could have gotten close, but, you know, this is just a different year to me, and it's just uh, the, the personnel really, really stands out, the weapons, uh, playmaking ability, all that. So uh, maybe I'm a little overexcited, but I, I, I think I think they I think, I think they can do better than seven. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's like we've talked before, JC, too, is that, uh, you know, are, are we not allowing ourselves to get to that hype level because of being burned in the past or what have you? But I, I'll speak from my end as well. I mean, I, I'm I tell people, you know, I think whenever you're you're in our position, you know, you're a content creator, you're covering the team like you're always going to be excited when you're a fan, by the way, you're always just going to be excited no matter what. Um but what's exciting for me, at least this year, is like last year I was excited. We were all excited because it's a change. It's something different. You know, we don't know what to expect. I'm fired up for game day again. Like you mentioned, man, I mean, you look at the individual pieces they added, the guys returning. There's real on-field reason to be hyped this year, and that's the difference for me, man. I look at this team, like you mentioned, those individual pieces. It's like if things do click the right way and some of those questions we have have positive answers, um, you know, we could be looking at a very, very big season for sure. I, I'll ask you this because I had one of your one of your colleagues, Brad Crawford, on the show a couple of days ago, actually yesterday on the podcast. He was talking about that Arkansas and that Georgia game. He's high on Arkansas. He's picking the Hogs to go ten and two, and he feels like though the game against Georgia is more winnable for South Carolina than the game at Arkansas. Do you agree with that? Disagree? It's hard for me to wrap my brain around that. I see what he's saying because the Gamecocks have been for whatever reason, just so abysmal on the road of late. But do you do you share that sentiment? Do you disagree? Where do you fall on that? I actually agree with Brad on that. Um, I, okay. I I don't know that I'm as bullish on Arkansas. It is crazy because, man, you, you talk to, you know, you talk to Brad and, and he's high on Arkansas and Kentucky. 
right? Right. But they, then you talk to Michael Bratton from that SEC podcast, and he thinks Kentucky's going five and seven, and Arkansas is going to struggle to get a bowl. Here's the thing about Arkansas that when you're just talking about them um, in general, uh, you know, they've got probably the best O line in the conference. Maybe not quite as good as Bama's, but it's up there. Uh, KJ Jefferson is making better reads in practice. He's become a, a more of a two-dimensional quarterback. Um, they, they, the receivers uh, are all these potential guys, right? Uh, Janon Hasselwood went to Oklahoma, uh, still a hell of a player. You know, uh, Wayne Thompson, who the Gamecock fans will remember, went to Florida State initially. He, he's come in through the portal, really good player, just hadn't produced. Um, their backup quarterback scares me to death, Malik Hornsby. Uh, they got guys from the portal on defense that can plug in, and Odom's a good coordinator. Um, but, but, you know, you talk to, to some people that cover the league, and they're like, well, Arkansas is doing this. And then, you know, some people say, well, they're not. And, and what gets gets me with them is, number one, they're in the SEC West. So it's a bloodbath, right? They were not overwhelmingly great. They beat A&M early. They lost to Auburn. They did play Bama tough in Tuscaloosa. Kind of rallied and beat an average LSU team and, and Missouri to close it out, then beat Penn State. They got their momentum. In the non-conference, they play Cincinnati. I don't know who scheduled this. Cincinnati, BYU on the road, and Liberty. Mm-hmm. Hugh Freeze. You know, you, you got Ole Miss in that division. You got Ole Mississippi State in that division. You got AM, you got Auburn, you got I mean. And so you look at it, and you know they play Carolina from the West, but it, it, they they've got a you know took like Carolina having a tough schedule. They have a brutally tough schedule uh, because it's not that I think BYU now out there BYU could beat Arkansas, but it's not that I think Cincinnati will beat them. But that's a game you can't like not get up for that one. You can't not get up for Liberty, and it's so hard. And this happened to Arkansas last year after they started four and zero and then lost at home to Auburn or whatever, it's hard to get up week after week after week after week after week. There's a reason they schedule the Louisiana Monroes in the world, right? Uh, and they just don't have a break. Um, so, you know, yes, uh, I think it's going to be quite a challenge based on their style of play uh, and and sort of their confidence that they will have and Carolina struggles on the road early on. You know, I, I, I you know, I, Dare I say, I don't. I, I think that Georgia games will be very close. I mean, I, I'll be honest. But uh, you know, down the road with Arkansas, I just I couldn't go with ten and two just because, man, there's just too many potential potholes that that, that could end up in losses just by the way the schedule unfolds. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I, I think it's an intriguing argument, no doubt. And I, I've said, you know, I, obviously I picked Arkansas to beat South Carolina, and I just hated the matchup. Obviously, we'll get to that week two game. Against the Hogs after the season opener. JC, we got to ask, obviously, man, like I said, back to on the field. And there are no secrets within Gamecocks football. And I, and I won't ask you to break any news here on TDC. But, uh, you know, I went on your show. We talked about Christian Beal Smith, Kai Kroger. Sounds like both guys, at least a chance they won't play. Kai Kroger probably out. Christian Beal Smith questionable, what have you. The rumblings are starting to happen in regards to Rucker, Jordan Birch's name. I've heard again. I'm not asking you to break any news. I will just ask you overall health of the football team. Is it something that you are even slightly concerned about? Just over uh, a week away from kickoff, Birch concerns me. 
uh, burst concerns me. I mean, obviously, South Carolina is not deep at edge. Or def- they call it edge now. It's defensive end. Um, they need him. They need him not only to play, but to play at a high level. Um, he's had a nagging injury throughout camp. It, it's probably, uh, you know, is it dire? No. Is, is it one of those things that you kind of go, eh, I hope he gets better quickly? You know, it, it is. Because uh, I don't know what they do. I mean, is it, Gil- is it Gilbert Edmond? Is it Terrell Dawkins? Who starts over there? Does Tyree Johnson start over there? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is if Birch can't go. Um, and, and I like his chances to play against Georgia State a lot better than, than Bill Smith's and even Kroger's. Uh, as far as Rucker goes, look, I haven't been able to confirm anything. Uh, officially, I hope Shane Beamer addresses it on his call-in show yeah. tonight. Yeah. Um, I, I'll just say this. we On the Bigspur.com with our with our message board posters, you know, we, we sort of know who's – it's our job to sort of know who's spamming and trolling and who isn't. And the person that, that posted that's really, he's a good poster. He's, he doesn't spam or troll. There's no history of that at least. Um, and, and so we'll see, you know, I, I, uh, talking to David Kloniger today on the show, uh, of course he's out at practice. Sometimes he did see Rucker doing some range of motion work off to the side one day with Lloyd and Bill Smith. Um, so there's, there's something there. Uh, my hope with Corey is that it's it, maybe it's not as serious or dire uh, as as you know whoever told whoever uh, made it out to be, um, you know. And, and if not, you know, get him back for Georgia. Get Bill Smith Smith back for Arkansas or Georgia. Uh, for the love of Pete, get Cry Kroger back. You know, because that's uh, that's starting to worry me. You know, I, I was I was all worried about the kicking game yesterday, and I still am. But to that. Uh, you know, I, I think there's something to all of those guys. I think there's a chance all of them would miss the opener. Uh, but uh, I also think there's a chance that, that one or two uh, will make it and be able to play. But uh, to me, the most serious one out of all, just from a depth standpoint, uh, besides Kroger, of course, uh, is Jordan Birch. I, you know, they just need him this year. I mean, that's that's just the, that's, a, that's like losing Devonnie Reed uh, at yeah. safety. I mean, there, there's just not a lot of depth at that spot. Yeah. And, I mean, again, speaking of Birch, it's funny, J.C., we're talking a defensive line on the show, the podcast tomorrow, uh, just breaking down the D-line and, you know, talking guys who has the most to prove of the group, best overall. I feel like for, like, the third straight year, I'm going to say it's Jordan Birch has the most to prove because when you're, when you're the type of prospect he was, like, we're all just kind of waiting, right, on that breakout season. And, I mean, you certainly hope he just even has the opportunity to have that and there's no nothing nagging there and you're able to get the best version of Jordan Birch. Uh, coming from J.C., moving to the recruiting side. Speaking of elite edge players, the Gamecocks are in the mix for one right now. He will announce August the 29th, which is upcoming in the next four days. Yeah. Desmond Umiozulu. I hope I said that right. Umiozulu, yeah, 2023 yes. edge player, uh, 6'6", 239. He's a .9315 on the 24-7 sports composite for those of you who keep up with such things. Uh, but it sounds like the Gamecocks are in really good position from people I've talked to and uh, have a really good chance of landing him. What you're hearing on that side of things, and it sounds like, again, Shane Beamer obviously putting a heavy in- emphasis on line of scrimmage. They might be getting another big-time commitment here in just a couple of days. Yeah, I, I shoot, I like this guy. Yeah, 6'6", 240. Um, probably going to be a guy that's going to have to – develop for a year uh, just because the, his high school team up in Maryland, he doesn't play for one of the 
like DeMatha or, or St. John's or someplace like that up in D.C., Maryland. He's at he's Upper Marlboro, Charles Flowers. Uh, they play him inside uh, in, in their defensive scheme, which out of necessity. Um, so he's going to have to kind of, I, I think, develop. I, I think he could be a Devin Taylor type that even if he has to redshirt his first year or play sparingly, by year two he's ready to go. Um, and he's how you draw him up. You know, he, he's a big, long basketball player-looking kid. Um the upside is tremendous because it, it's, you know, hadn't really lifted a lot of weights in, in his career, all that good stuff. So he's going to get stronger and bigger once he comes in a, in a weight program. Ohio State was probably the shoe in to get him. And, and this happens rarely in recruiting, Chris, but it does happen. Sometimes kids go on official visits and they don't have a good time. And uh, the school screws it up and Ohio State kind of screwed it up. And then there are some comments in the Buckeye media about it. Now their media is saying, oh, they've moved on. Well, well, look, maybe they have because they screwed it up. But I'm going to say this. This is an Ohio State-level prospect. This is a guy that can play at Ohio State. This is a guy that can play anywhere in the country. Um, and South Carolina, um, just like we mentioned earlier, they need edge players. So you start talking about, well, you got this kid. Uh, you got Montague Rames coming in. Uh, and then you got some guys behind them that are young and still developing. That's pretty good uh, – Pretty good group once you add this guy in. It bodes well for the future. And uh, certainly love his pass rushing ability and his uh, upside. The, the, the upside, that, that's the word there, I think, is that kid could um, in a year or two be special. Hmm. Love to hear it, man. Again, like you mentioned, we need edge guys. And I was going to say, you mentioned that name, Devin Taylor. And I got some, I got a, I don't know, just, just, just made, 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 made me tingle a little bit. That's yeah. a good comparison. Yeah. Devin Taylor, some fond yeah. memories of Devin Taylor, for sure. For, forced to fumble his first play uh, as a starter in 08 against <laughs> NC State. Uh, Garcia, yeah. or, or gosh, what, what was Brian Maddox that ran a touchdown in? I don't know. But that game ended up seven to three. So Devin yeah. Taylor got a win, and then I'll never forget the pick six he had in twenty eleven, right? Oh, yeah, Troy, and he got that, but out in Arkansas. Oh, Ark, that's right, Arkansas. Yes, yes, yes. That, that game didn't go yeah. well for the Gamecocks, but boy, Devin Taylor picked it out of the middle of the air and uh, returned it for a TD. He's a really, really good player, really unique person, and uh, you know, I think, and he was that six 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 seven kind of guy, you know. So I, I think Des could end up being Devin Taylor or better. I love that. J.C. Sherber. J.C., before I get you out of here, you know, you asked me a question when I went on your airways about my my routine the night before games. I won't ask you exactly that, but sort of kind of in that same vein, if you will. Um, when does it, I guess, you know, because we all enjoy preseason content and talking about it, talking season as the, the HBC used to call it. When does it, when, when do you get to a point where you're like, all right, let's just get to kickoff? Because I've, I've said before, for me, it's like, once we get about 14 days away, I'm like, I, I love breaking stuff down. Yeah. I love giving predictions. I love, but at some point you're like, we have talked about it to every level you can. We need to, toe needs to meet leather right now. What does that does that happen for you at all? Do you get where you're like, I'm antsy for kickoff at this point? Yeah, it was worse when I, uh, I guess, Gosh, during the Spurrier era when I was in Columbia on the yeah. beat, and Spurrier opened every practice. So we're out of practice two hours every day. You, yeah. you, 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 how much more can you watch Chris Smelly throw an out pattern? You know? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's tough. But uh, it, um, so I, I guess I got there about Tuesday of this week. Yeah. But then 
you know, things get you through, like the ESPNU special last night. It was good yeah. for me to watch that because I was like, oh, yeah, the season's almost here. You know, having Carolina calls, mm-hmm. uh, having a high school game to go to Friday, uh, you know, uh, uh, Saturday there'll be some college football yeah. on. Uh, and then, you know, we get into game week next week. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm getting through, but it, it does get taxing and, and all that. I'm, I've been fortunate because uh, – We've had a lot of great guests like yourself on the show. So uh, I don't feel like I'm just sitting there going over the depth chart every day and all that. It's been an interesting and compelling conversation. So uh, I've gotten through this preseason a little bit better than, than previous ones. Yeah, well, JC, I know I can speak for you and everybody else. It feels good to be excited again and excited for Carolina football. We cannot wait until kickoff. And I'm excited, obviously, to talk to you next week as we'll sit just – what will it be, about 55 hours or yeah. something like that before Tony yeah. meets another? So I'll be fired be, up there. Yeah, yeah. going to be a lot of fun, going to be exciting. JC, it's always a pleasure. I appreciate it. Look forward to doing it again next week, my friend. Hey, thanks, Chris. See you soon, man. Yeah, man, we'll talk soon. Appreciate it. JC Sherbert of the Big Spur and Inside the Gamecocks. Appreciate him taking the time each and every single Thursday. And, of course, guys, I jump on his show basically weekly as well, so be sure to stay tuned to when that's happening. Guys, we will jump into one final break. Uh, But I want to continue to hear from you on the other side, taking more of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final couple minutes or so here on The Daily Crow your questions, your comments, your calls. Again, I want to say thank you to J.C. Sherbert for taking the time today. Fantastic conversation. Always enjoy chatting with J.C. And uh, from the looks of things, just some of your comments and your feedback, that has become one of the favorite segments of the week, getting J.C. on. So, again, I really appreciate him coming on. I appreciate him having having me on his airwaves and uh, always look forward to our conversation. I'm really excited, of course, because next week at this time, We will be very, very, very close to kickoff. A lot of fun. Um, Jesse Jacobs, did I miss something? What's the addition? The addition to, oh, JC to the show. Yeah, Jesse, I think he's just talking about JC to the weekly lineup. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Really good stuff. Um, uh, Guys, really quickly, I forgot to plug this for some reason at the beginning of the show, but uh, I'm constantly adding new merch, right? I love the merch side of things. I'm constantly adding new merch. TSUS.store, as you see the advertisement that scrolls across your page, we have added some brand new foam trucker hats. We've added Beamer Ball. We've added Beamer Rattler. I'm going to be adding a ton more of those because I personally really like the, uh, the foam trucker hat design. So, again, I know many people have been upset that the white trucker hats are not in stock right now, and I hate that. But if you want an alternate option with – that white uh, frontal, if you will, we now have an option, the foam trucker hat. And, guys, just be sure to check out all the merch. Hey, you've got till tomorrow. Buy kickoff delivery. You must order by tomorrow, by the end of day tomorrow. So if you want your merch by Georgia State, if it doesn't matter, don't worry about this. But if you want it by Georgia State, if you want it by Georgia State, you got to order by tomorrow. If you order after tomorrow, I cannot guarantee it will be there. Right. Um, outside of that, guys, again, great day to have a day. Come on out to Carolina Ale House tonight. Going to be a lot of fun. 
going to be a lot of fun. Uh, going to be a blast, man. I'm looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. Um, yeah. So, anyways. Well, I'm trying to think what else, what else, what else. Podcasts are out tomorrow. Of course, Daily Crow will air live tomorrow, noon to 2, as normal. Uh, we'll have Jake Crane of Crane & Company on the show as well. Um, yeah, and outside of that, guys, again, appreciate your love, your support. Stay tuned to everything on social media, obviously. Uh, the rumor mill. Hey, Shane Beamer's call-in show tonight, by the way, at uh, 6 o'clock, 6 to 7. And, guys, I'm planning on getting the Ale House at Woodruff Road around 5 o'clock. Um, I'll have my Bluetooth speaker. I'll be locked in, tuned in to Shane Beamer's call-in show. I will have towels. I'll have koozies. We're going to have us one hell of a night. Going to be a really good time. Robbie Davis texts in. He said, just wanted to say, go Gamecocks and to hell with Clem Sox. Well said, Robbie. Well said. I appreciate you, Robbie. Again, guys, all my Greenville Gamecocks, all my upstate Gamecocks, I'm calling for you to come out tonight. Carolina Alehouse. Woodruff Road, we'll do a Q&A around 7.30 or 8 o'clock, something like that. We'll just feel it out. We'll roll with the punches. We'll go from there. Um, other than that, man, hey, appreciate y'all. Content bleeding out of the eyeball, so stay tuned as we continue to count down. We're just single digits away. Single digits. Jeff Gullage, let's end on a positive. I don't care what anyone says. You have the best show in the business from content, guests, the regulars in the chats, the callers. Hey, Jeff means a lot, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate the love. I appreciate the support. Uh, you guys love and support, man. It means the world. We couldn't do what we do without you. So thank you, thank you, thank you so freaking much. Guys, again, appreciate you all tuning in. Have a fantastic rest of your Thursday, and we will see you tonight at Carolina Alehouse on Woodruff Road in Greenville, South Carolina. Y'all take care. Have a good one.